Good morning, church. Um, as uh, like we were praying this morning, I was reminded of the passage yesterday um, that God gave me um, as we were going up for uh, cleaning up on, on our area here uh, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. And it was talking about that um, if uh, two of you on earth agrees on something, then it is done in heaven. Just um, how much disunity can bring um, all these kind of things that we see, the disunity in government, the disunity in our local leaders, the disunity in churches, and even in our families and everywhere. Um, so I know that passage of scripture, most of the time is talking about the church discipline. But the main important thing is that even that one person that you're disciplining, if you come into agreement, then it's done. But if you are disagree on something, then you call the second person, you call the, 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 under, uh, the leaders of the church, you call the whole church, because the main thing is to come into agreement. So this is so important that for us as a, as a nation that we stand together, uh, even in times like this. So I just want to greet you, uh, RLC family, and also I want to greet you. If you are uh, uh, joining us for the very first time today, uh, we thank God that you uh, decided to, to join us. Um, as Ganyosa just mentioned that um, as elders of the, uh, the leadership of the church, we've decided to pause uh, on our look series that is called Savior and pay attention on what is happening in our country right now, particularly here in our Kazakhstan province. I want to say this, that as elders of Reconciliation Road Church, our hearts are very, very heavy about what is happening uh, in our beautiful country. It is still very hard to believe all that we have seen and witnessed happening around us. People destroying what is there to help them. Friends, destroying what we have has never been a way to build. We are regressing as a country. But as Garrett was saying earlier, truly, this is really unprecedented time. None of us knew that we could ever experience such chaos in our lifetime. Moreover, all that is happening while we are still faced with the rapid spread of COVID-19. Unfortunately, all this destructive looting and unrest will leave millions of people without jobs, not able to feed their families anymore. That is why we are taking this matter seriously. You know, such attacks in life can easily lead us in responding with shock, sadness, anxiety, and anger that is caused by fear of the waves and winds that are blowing around us that can lead to hatred and division. So today, I want us to look together in Psalm chapter 5. I want us to see a greatest example of a man who constantly 
were under fire and faced with many attacks from all sides. Maybe you don't know that David has been saying as a hero, but in his personal life, he's been facing a lot of challenges and attacks, especially from, from Saul, the guy that he was expecting to be his leader, expecting to protect him, expecting to be there for him, to guide him and provide direction. But instead, he is the one who was attacking him and following him. And even in his, in his own children, they, they were hunting him down. They wanted to kill him. And he, I think he spent most of his time running in, on the bushes and trying to save his life because he didn't know what was his sin. I want to say something that to be a Christian does not mean that you will not face attacks. You won't go through difficult times in life like the ones with, that we are going through today. But the most important question that we can ask ourselves is that when those attacks and difficult times comes, how are we expected to respond? How to ask yourself? Let's find out by reading Psalm chapter 5 together from verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King, my God. To you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness, evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhorns the bloodthirsty and deceitful men. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, I will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destructive. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their, with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel, because of the abundance of their transgression. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. Those who love your name may exalt you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with shield. Lord God, we thank you for your word that um, you are everlasting God. You are from beginning to the end. Lord God, you rule and reign. And um, there is nothing that takes you by surprise. That is why even you prepared for us this word 
you knew that we were going to go through such time as this. Lord God, we pray that you will comfort us even this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, just to give you a summary, David did not have an easy life. His life was under a lot of attacks from enemies that were coming from all sides like we do today. His enemies were not nice men. They were spreading lies. They were deceitful. They used flattery outwardly while inwardly they were aiming to destroy David. And they were very violent as we heard from verse 6, 9, and 10. But the big idea that I want to talk about in this passage is that David used all his trials to draw him even nearer to the Lord. The psalm teaches us that when we are under attack, when we are facing enemies in life, we need to take our refuge in the Lord as our righteous defender. That is why I thought maybe just to give a topic for this message is to talk about that God is our refuge. If God is our refuge, then how do we take that refuge? How do we get access to that refuge? The answer is through prayer. You know, as, a, as children of God, we can cry out to him. We can crowd out to God like David, as he said in verse 1 to 3, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. My King, my God, for, you, for, you, for to you do I pray, O Lord. In the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice and watch. Another translation, they talk about and wait. And uh, talking about that, they are, I, I wait with great expectation for God to respond. You know, in times like this, as children of God, if we are not careful, we can easily find ourselves taking part in gossip, in pointing fingers, in slander, perpetrating, perpetrating hatred and division. But David is demonstrating a different type of response as a child of God. You know, David reminds me of the passage in First Peter chapter 5 that Dando was quoting for us this morning, where Peter says, Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. Our job as Christians is to take everything to God in prayer. Prayer is the answer. Do you remember what James 5.13 says? He says, If anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. The answer to all our troubles, to all our attacks, to all our trials that we're going through is prayer. Anything else that we can try to do in our own wisdom, in our own strength, 
will take us even away from God's will and cause a lot of damage. Brothers and sisters, if we allow our emotions, if we allow our feelings to lead us, we can end up sinning ourselves. We can find ourselves discriminating against each other. We can find ourselves judging others in the process while we're trying to solve the issues that we're facing. But the Bible teaches us a different way of response from a, our difficult situations. What we read from chapter 5 is that David took all his complaint, his hurts, his pain to the Lord in prayer. And David starts by repeating his appeal to the Lord in verse 1 and verse 2. He said, O oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. If you think about groaning, it's about conveying all his pain. He gave all his hurts, all his despair to the Lord in prayer. It doesn't mean that you, won't, you don't have feelings. <laughs> you don't feel things happening to you. You'll feel angry. You will feel disappointed and all the things like that. But what do you do with those feelings? You take those feelings to God in prayer. And he carries on by saying, Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice. In the morning, Lord, each morning I bring my request to you and wait patiently. Repetition here conveys David's, David's honesty, his heartfelt cry to God. He was calling out to God honestly in his pain. Friends, God knows everything about us. He even knows what we think, what is in our hearts. We can say one thing with our mouth, but in our hearts, God concerned more about what is in our hearts. So it is ridiculous to try and hide our feelings from God. Psalm 62 verse 8 encourages us to pour our hearts to God. He says, trust in him at all times. That, that, that word really struck me when you're talking about trust in the Lord at all times. When you talk about all times, it's about good times and bad times. It's about when you're happy or when you're, when you're sad. But you need to trust in God at all times. It's a trust in, in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. That means we can cry out to God even if we are groaning with hurts, with pain, with our great disappointments from what is happening around us. God wants us to pour our hearts as it is to him. That is the reason why since all this mayhem started, the leadership of the church of Reconciliation Road decided that we will call all our church members to pray every day. 
Because we know that prayer allows God to guide our hearts. Brothers and sisters, if you cannot pray, there is a saying that says, you cannot pray and worry at the same time. <laughs> you cannot pray and worry at the same time. I'm sure you can agree with me on this, that, you know, most people who are always grumpy, always negative, always worried, always complaining about anything, are those people who spend less time or even no time in prayer. Because these two things can't be in one place. So if you have all those feelings and hurts and things, you go and talk to your friend about it, then you end up, the other friend is putting more petrol in it. So it's not going to help anyone. But the main thing is to take that and bring it to God. And say, God, I trust you with this. All pressures of this world are designed to point out what is in our hearts. And they help us to reveal our idols that are hidden deep down in our hearts. No, we can read your heart by the way you react in your challenges. You know, in verse 2, David addresses God as my king and my God. Even though David was a king himself, he knew that he was only serving under a far greater king, the Lord God. David knew God personally as his king, as his God. David has a close relationship, personal relationship with God. He was not a stranger in God's presence. Prayer demonstrates our personal and intimate relationship between us and God. So when we pray, we acknowledge God's authority over our lives as our King, as our Lord. God has authority. All the government, uh, the president, and all the, uh, the counselors and leaders on our community, and can you saw us saying, it is God who put them into that authority because he is the one who's got authority over them. God has got authority over everything that is happening. So the solution is to take those things and bring them to God who has authority over everything. But with this point, I want to say you cannot pray rightly unless you are submissive to do his will. Because his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Because there's another thing that, we, that makes us to fear to take our worries and things to God. Because we think, what about God if he's pointing things to me? What if he's going to tell me to do something that I'm not willing and prepared to do? And then we decide to go away from him. You know, in, in, uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God says, If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. 
The way we can show our submission to him is through prayer and seeking his face and repent as we have done this morning. Say, Lord, we are sorry. <laughs> we, we are divided as a nation. We are divided as a church, as a community. We didn't stand together as we have commanded us. Bible says when we bring those things to him and willing to, to humble ourselves and seek his face, Lord, not our wisdom, not our understanding of doing things, but we want your will. What are you saying to us? David cried out to God every morning. He said, oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch, waiting on God. David started his day by surrendering himself to God and turned all his worries, all his threats of the day to God in prayer. You know, every time we've got our diaries, we've got our plans that we do for our day, but how many times where we come to God and say, God, what is your will for me today? But sometimes we fill our calendars, we fill our, um, our diaries about something that are not in line with the will of God. But David wanted every day to say, Lord, not my will, but I want your will. Every morning. Record family, all our attacks and all our troubles should cause us to turn to God in prayer. I like what Spurgeon said. He said, prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. In verse 4 to 6, David, reasoning here is that since his enemies are so evil, Surely God, who is righteous, will act on his behalf. So David keep reminding himself about God's righteousness and encourage himself with the truth that God will right all the wrongs. We have hope. Doesn't matter our country is just looking in like ashes right now, but we have hope in God. But God will rebuild again. God will right all the wrongs. God is able to do exceedingly above than what we can think or even imagine. Maybe you are sitting there at home, you're worried. You don't know what, the, what tomorrow holds. But I want to tell you something, that God holds our future. Our future is in his hands. So, David says in verse 4, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Why are you allowing this to happen in our country, to happen in our families, to happen in our lives? God, uh, David uses this figure of speech and says, God hates evil. He hates evil. In verse, four, in verse 5 and verse 6, he says, God does not only hate 
sin, but he also hates evildoers. In verse 6. I know it sounds like, this is not my God. <laughs> because God loves people, but he hates sin. But God doesn't like evil. But because they, those people, when people are doing evil, they willingly choose to disobey God. And the, uh, verse 6 says, He will destroy all those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the, the bloodthirsty and deceitful men. God will punish sin. That's what we know. And then you can just not do sin and keep sinning and hurting other people and get away with it. But it is important that we don't take um, that into our own hands. But we live that with God. In Romans 12 verse 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will... David is, says the Lord. In all this, David is not trusting in his own righteousness to approach God. But David says, the only way he can come into God's presence is only by grace as we trust in Christ. As David think about that, though God's uh, absolute hatred of sin and also his holiness, he realized that he could never approach God on his own basis of own righteousness. Because sometimes when we see evil, and then when we know that God will punish evil, will punish the evil doers, we can end up pointing fingers and like in Luke chapter uh, 19, when those two people uh, went up to the temple and pray, and one said, Lord, I'm not like this guy. I do this and this and this, you know. But now we see uh, David humbly uh, come before God and say, it's only by your grace. <laughs> I'm also a sinner like anybody else. But now because of your grace, I can be able to come into your temple. I can be able to come into your presence. So, while David can appeal to God for, his, for justice, at the same time, he says, I need to examine my own heart. He acknowledges that the only way he can enter God's house is only by the abundance, loving kindness of God. Only through the riches of his, of his grace. You know, because every time, sometimes when, we, when we're trying to solve other problems, we can create more problems because of our hearts that is not guided by the Holy Spirit. When someone sins against us, it is very difficult to follow the commands of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, not returning evil for evil and insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Have you ever have these thoughts, maybe in your mind, 
Let's punish them. They don't deserve this. Why must we bless them and start calling them names? I had a lot of Fs moving around and flying all over. Yeah, that is our own nature speaking to us. The heart that is not guided by God and His Word and the Holy Spirit. But that is not for us as recruiters. But David submits all that to God in prayer. I like verse 8. David says, you know, when you're having those feelings, when you feel like, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, I, I, I don't know what to do with this person. I feel like I can just take you and, <laughs> you know. But David come to God and say, lead me, O oh Lord. Lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Isn't that amazing? Because if we don't allow ourselves to be led by God, the enemy will lead us into something else. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. In the midst of what is happening, in the midst of hurts uh, and pain and things that we're going through, we need to turn to God and say, Lord, lead us. Because if we allow ourselves to be led by the, the hearsay that are happening, we uh, are going on around us, by the videos that are coming into our phones and messages that are coming and the threats that are coming, and we'll be uh, pushed by fear into wrong directions. But for us is to come to God, Lord, what is your will? Lead us, O oh God, into your righteousness because of our enemies and make our path straight. Can this be our prayer? Can this be my prayer this morning through this difficult time that we find ourselves in? For God to lead us into his righteousness, to show us his ways, not our ways. David prayer wasn't just that God will protect him from the wicked people, but also that God will protect him from becoming like wicked people. Because sometimes we can try and pray to God about the, the, the trials and attacks that are around us and about all the people that are wicked, and then we also find ourselves being wicked as well. David's crisis will have or maybe David critiques the people that were against him will have loved to see him stumble so that they could have more ammunition to draw at him. Because that will have brought more occasion for them to further mock David's God. But instead, David asked God to show him his way. Maybe the question that you are asking yourself right now is that should I ask God to judge these people, our attackers, or to forgive them? Or maybe should I ask God to save them or to destroy them? Because sometimes reading a verse like this, you can feel like God is the one you know, when someone, there's another 
uh, ethnic group that always like when something happened, they say Longkosi and Abuka. So like in our way, we see Sangajungkulukulangakpanisha, yabo. And now sometimes when you feel like I don't know what to ask from God, should I ask that He will just punish them or judge them, or maybe just save them or just destroy them? Which one is better? Since we don't know God's sovereign, uh, sovereign plan and a purpose through all this, what is happening around us, we can leave that to him. It's not to us to remote control God and say, God, do this. But we submit under his will. And he knows what is best. God could save them because he saved the persecutor of the church soul. He was an evil man. He was killing Christians. They were all the followers of Jesus. He was even have uh, the letter to be able to do whatever he wants. But God met with him. And he was able just to save him. Or maybe he can send them to condemnation, to eternal punishment in hell, if they don't repent. This is between them and God. But our position as believers in Jesus, we can pray to God and ask him to show us his way. When we lament, it doesn't mean that we try to ignore the effects of the problem. But the difference is that we turn with them to God in prayer. And note that David described his attackers that for there is no truth in their mouths. Their inmost is, is self um, dis, um, is destructive. destructive. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. These were not constructive critics, maybe who were trying to help David to do a better job. But they were trying to destroy him. You know, this is just, this is the fact of the matter, that this thing is destroying us. This thing is killing us. This thing is destroying our future and the future of our children. So David was talking about that. So David asked God in verse 10 to judge them, not because they were opposing him, David, for they have rebelled against God. Because they... The battle is not ours, but it is God's. So they were rebelling against God. The main thing that David was concerned about was not about his name, about his dignity, about his future, but he was more concerned about the glory of God's name. So if someone is trying to attack you and destroy you, never take that personally. But take it to God. Because if our country unites, if our country is at peace, God receives the glory. If anything positive around us, it gives God the glory. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. Listen, all of you, Judah, and you, inhabitant of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. 
because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. If your eyes are so focused on the multitudes, focused on the attacks around you, we will end up living in fear and distress. But when you turn to God in prayer and cast all your burdens to him, we will be able to walk free, knowing that he cares for us. All our battles are not ours, but are his. That is why in our conclusion, verse 11 and verse 12, when David knows that I took all my worries, I cast them to, I left them with God. Now I don't have to worry about them anymore. And he turned around, David says, uh, in these last two verses, now he can, he broaden his application from himself to all God's people who may be under attack, and he prays for them. You know, because when we are under pressure, we always think about me, myself, and I. How can I be safe? How can I have enough? How can I, you know? But when we, we know that God is in control, all our cares is in him, then we can be able to lift up our eyes and notice that there are also people who are suffering like us. How can I join God on his mission to be part of what God is doing? Brothers and sisters, that is the same prayer that all leadership of this church is praying for you this morning. Verse 11 and 12 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. You know, the surprise, surprisingly is that David attackers were still prowling around like a out of the situation. He was still going through that situation. But David has taken a refuge in God in the midst of his troubles. So he is overwhelmed with joy in the Lord. That he bursts forth with singing, being glad and joyful in the Lord. It is our duty. Because Glorifying God is our duty. Do you know that joy this morning? In all what we're going through right now in our country, in our province, do you allow the Holy Spirit to give you that singing the joy that worship in the midst of your trouble like Paul and Silas when they were in in the in jail they were bound they were chained but they were worshiping God in the midst of their trouble God that is what God wants for you and for me this morning because the joy of the Lord is our strength that joy is only found in God 
who is our refuge and Russia's defender. You can run to his loving arms. John Piper once said, God is more glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And David ends by saying, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Rick Rudders, we can be joyful even under all these attacks because the shield of God's favor surrounding us. So that's why even this morning, I just want to pray for you that you will have this joy in the midst of your troubles this morning. I don't know what's going to be happening tomorrow and the days after, but we can find our refuge in God. We can be safe in him and still have this joy in him and worshiping and looking up to him. Lord God, we surrender our lives to you. Like David says, we cry out to you. We bring all our hurts, our pain, our um, every emotions that we're going through in our hearts and minds. We lay them down before your feet. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we need you. Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We take all our worries, we cast them to you because you care for us in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you'll help us even in the midst of these troubles and trials we're going through, that we'll be faithful in you. We will join you in your mission. We'll be the salt and light in our communities and the people around us. In the mighty name of Jesus.